Hi everyone and welcome to Two Words with Taku. I'm Taku Mbudzi and I'm sitting in my local library in sunny Melbourne and I'm here with one of my amazing new mentors, Kerry Q, who's yeah, amazing. I've mentioned her before in a few episodes and today I'm here sitting with her to talk about how to write news articles. So Kerry, tell us what yeah, what, what do you do? How did you end up being someone who knows about writing newspapers? Well, hi, Taku. <laughs> this is really exciting. So just, you know, you'll have to hit me on the head with a book from the library if I get too carried away at any moment in time. Yeah. But I, I wrote books. I've, I've written for every major newspaper in Australia. And I have got spoken at conferences for over 30 years. And also now I'm a maths blogger. But I want to tell you one thing about all of those things, and I realise to have a career, it's like modern days now, you need multiple careers, not one, mm-hmm. because at any one time, one of them will be going to hell for some reason, <laughs> out of your control, or maybe within your control, who knows. But So it's good to have those different platforms financially, but also if you're a creative, you need those creatively, so that... When one is really stressing you out of your mind, you go to the other one and think, oh, this is good. This is working. Okay. So I guess for this episode, maybe we'll talk to you in your capacity as a journalist. So somebody who has written stories, articles, pieces for, uh, for newspapers, like you mentioned. And I'm curious about this because we've met and we've talked about me potentially writing for the papers and you've given me tips and advice and homework and I've kind of gone hmm well this is useful to me but maybe you know other people would find it interesting so I just would love to talk to you about yeah what makes a good article and you know bits and pieces like that so I've actually got some questions for you okay so we'll start with what is fake news in your eyes because that's the buzz thing at the moment fake news fake news well I think fake news is what any is what anyone wants to believe. I mean, on the only... We used to have uh, April Fool's Day pranks in the media, Mm -hmm. and they've been hilariously funny, like, you know, the spaghetti tree was one that uh, had a disease, was one they ran in Victoria in the 60s on television, and people really thought the spaghetti crop was failing. But, of course, (laughs) the majority of people realise that is fake. But what happens now is we're isolated into our different pods. So, for instance... The Times UK this April Fool's Day ran an article showing that polar bears had turned up in, in Scotland. Are you serious? No, and people believed it. Okay. Because what makes it fake is the believability. People are so uh, convinced the world is ending, mm-hmm. in, you know, with, without criticising people for being concerned, but uh, that they will believe that. See, and then that gets passed around. So that's the factor that counts in fake news, is that it's believable by our group somewhere. All right. So then um, how can a normal person read between the lines and discern what is fake news and what's real, especially in the political sphere? And I don't want to talk too much politics, but as in if you are reading the news... How do you discern what's fake and what's not? Well, you become a mean and cynical person like I do. So anyone presents me with something, I'm like, I would have to see the source of that. I would have, Mm -hmm. and that that was what I was taught writing newspapers with some very good editors. One in particular who 
who would criticise me for amazing lapses in details. For instance, mm -hmm. one of my editors sent me a one-page handwritten letter for getting one letter wrong in a French town name. Oh yeah, I can believe that. Yeah, I can. Uh, and so that, but they trained yeah. you, you see, back in the, these are the, you know, old school editors. Editors don't have time like that anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you email in and your article ends up pre-formatted on the page. They really don't have to read it. Yeah. So the subbies go through it. Uh, so so you, you can see it all the time. They're going to be sued more mm -hmm. because... People are making mistakes, they're putting the wrong names on photographs, they're getting that the facts wrong. That's happening right. a lot. It's happening yes. a lot, mainly yeah. because they're uh, not putting in this due diligence into what makes real news news. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's interesting you say that because how then can a normal person, and I say normal in the sense that you have good intentions about the stories you want to tell or you, um, you want to you want to share things that are genuinely true and honest. So how can somebody who writes from that space write stories that get picked up in places where then those you know, fake news style stories come up? So well, what then, would you say? Well, you know? I'd divide you into two groups there because there's news reporting mm -hmm. and that's on the scene first person. So no hearsay. So to get the facts, you have to be there. Um, you can't just talk to someone who talked to someone who was there. It has to be that very direct, were you there, you can talk to that person. Uh, absolutely going to the source. Okay. That, that's to get the, the facts of what's happened. Um, on the other side, comment. Now this is the tricky area because yes. you've picked up something, you know, yes. you've picked up that, you know, um, Donald Trump said this. Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of that around. There's a lot yes. of fake news about what he has said. And or that the Pope supported him, I think was one meme that went around. Uh, so you you have to keep following it un until you've got some creditable source. Now that can still get you into trouble. But if you went to the New York Times and they had it, they're more likely to be have fact checkers. Um, the New Yorker has fact checkers. It's one of the last publications in the world that employs fact checkers to go okay. back and check each fact in an article. Okay. Oh, okay, so so then are you saying you would write articles for certain publications as well? So as in when you're looking at writing a story, you research the kinds of pub, you know, publications that would then honour the... Absolutely. The I, but, you know, you have to aim it to a particular publication. The same mm -hmm. with books. There's no point going to a publisher of romance with a, you know, a science fi science like, you know, erotic zombie. adventure. Yes. <laughs> zombie <laughs> murder. Erotic. Hey, that could be a good book. Yes. Yeah. Throw it all in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you pick that topic. But I, I think, well, ask me the next question and I will run <laughs> off in another direction. <laughs> No, this is so good though because I can I can hear a lot clearer. Even I'm processing things about you know where I want to send my stories and and some of the things we talked about. So um, what you didn't ask me is where I wrote and I wrote. Yes. Okay. Well, where did you write? Karen? I wrote in op-ed, opinion oh, editorial, okay. and I wrote mostly humour. Though I was free to make comment and I did okay. from time to time when I. <laughs> something to say. I'm, right. I'm laughing at that thinking, how many years, 30 years in columns and I only had a something to say a few times. But in fact, I did say things with humour. Okay. But um, 
opinion editorial is different from other writing because when you write a newspaper article, it is written so they can edit it from the bottom up. So you put the so you're reporting news, and you have the first facts in the top line. Mm -hmm. You know, Obama said or Trump said this da da da, and then you put the rest of the news down. So when yeah. they're fitting it on the page, they cut it from the bottom. They yes. don't they don't worry about it. But an opinion piece is different. Okay. They give you the space. And so you write that like you would write um, any story in, in storytelling. You have a beginning which hooks them in. Yes. You have the progress through the article and then you have an end. And in fact, I started, oh children, this is going to sound <laughs> like a long, long time ago. But I started writing. <laughs> On a typewriter. Oh my god. Well, in fact, in newspapers, they had copy takers. You could ring in your copy. Didn't have to spell. What do you mean, ring it? As in, you'd talk to someone. So you talked, you had it there, and you read it out. And their spelling, they could spell anything. Wow. Per Wangistan, they'd know how to spell it. Yeah. Which was great. Any name, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. you know, that, uh, they'd know which is the current, you know, the correct spelling of that. Um, which was great. And then the next stage was the fax machine came along. Yes. Oh, I lived through that stage <laughs> too. And the fax machine meant you typed it and ran it off. But the whole point of typing is you can't make a mistake. Oh, okay. So the advantage I have over younger people today is the article had to be entirely formulated in your head before you started. I'd have notes, I'd have the first line written, and I'd have the last line written. And that was because you otherwise you could wander off into God knows where because oh, you think okay. so the first and the last. And that locked you in, and then I'd have points down, point one, two, and three. All right. The tragedy is that when you write short form pieces, I mean I know that six hundred words is the strip down the side of a tabloid size newspaper, mm -hmm. um, 750 down a, a broadsheet, yep. and a thousand is a bigger piece, a, a longer, longer form, but that's it. So I can write 600 that's words amazing. and just stop. Are you serious? No, you just know, you just yeah. know you're there. Wow. So, and that, so that's good, uh, but you can see what's happening is you've pre-thought everything and computers and my publisher penguin was uh, published and quite a number of my books were saying how they were so appalled in the beginning when they used to have print-offs of the little holes down the side of the paper came in these uh, forms that were pushed through the computer this is mm -hmm. the early days of, of computers and that people just send in reams and reams of it just as if it was just vomited out of a computer, a printer. Oh, I see. Yes, they I don't stop. Yeah. And they, because they think, I'll fix it later. But yes. they don't. I write like that, though. So, and that's probably why, even with how you've said I should start writing these um, articles, I've kind of gone, wow, okay, all of a sudden I do have to be more concise and just, like you said, have what is that first line yeah. that's going to hook them in and then what do I want to end on? What's what's the point yes like, what am i what? actually saying yes which is i i love that challenge i love i love that i need to think about that as and, well and that hook is designed to pass that idea along because if you're a freelance i did go to a, um, one short week course on being a freelance journalist and i took away one idea mm -hmm. and that one idea gave me a 30-year career and oh. that one idea was you were selling ideas 
right. Oh, so oh, in that piece. That's this, a, yeah. So you're giving them an idea they haven't got. Mm-hmm. They can't go to one of their staff members and say, write me a piece on this. They haven't got that idea. You've come in with something fresh and different, mm-hmm. and that's what you're selling. Mm-hmm. And now it, with clickbait you know, banners, you want to get a good headline mm-hmm. up to go with it, a header, whatever you want to call it. We, we call them banners. But that was, that's important too now because they want to see that that will then get hits. All right. I like, I like you saying that that main first header is what hooks them in. So when you are now writing these articles and you're sending them out, do you need to be an expert in your field? So what I'm trying to say is what, what would qualify you to be able to just pitch? Can anybody do it? Do you need, what will give you credibility, I guess, when you're sending out these? Well, humour was easy in that regard mm-hmm. because if they read the first line and laughed, yeah. You've got them, you're, you're, yeah. you're, or you're close enough, or if they sniggered slightly, because these are editors we're talking about, well, yeah. then that, that was a good thing. But anything else that you sent in has to be, because you're not a news reporter for them. Yes. What you're doing is a comment, a commentary, and it has to be based on your personal experience of what, it, what you're going through, or how you reacted to this situation. Yes. And that depends on your personal story. And so you can see that a lot of newspaper articles today have um, what it's like to be uh, a migrant in a, in a different, arriving in Germany, or yeah. what it's like to um, come to Australia on a boat, or it might be what it's like to um, play football in, in a women's football team. You can see how it's linked to that personal experience. So that, that's what they're looking for now. And yeah, okay. I'm just I'm just taking that in. What about then? How do you? How can you write in a way that confidently states who you are or what you represent versus then what they might put you or um, present you as? Because you hear a lot about uh, yes. that. So I I remember when I when I published my first book and I sent out the media release. And I was saying, you know, children's author has written this book about friendship, which is what it was. Mm. When it came out in the paper, it says, migrant uses humor to support cultural diversity. And I went, wait a minute. Yes, I'm a migrant, but then that's not my title. I'm more than a migrant. I'm so I so I kind of was a bit like, hmm, I don't know how I feel about that. So how do you is there any way that you can write in a way where they see you or am I naive in thinking that was not just the story? Well, I don't that, know if you understand what, what I'm trying to I ask. I totally understand what you're asking about yeah. because they will. It's like looking at anyone. You see the stereotype first, and what yeah. have they done? They've taken the stereotype because that's quick and dirty, yeah. and you use that, and that that's how they're analysing or that's how they're presenting the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that and they want to do that, so you want to feel glad that. You know, you had that hook anyway because they wanted to have something like that. Otherwise, yeah, it would true. have been, oh, this is boring. Another one of those middle class people trying to say the kids should <laughs> should laugh more, well, play laugh together more, nicely. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But then I, I think that's my somewhat frustration right now is because I see myself as 
as taku and, and you know, I don't say, oh, I'm a migrant first, you yeah. know, arms up in yeah. a militant style. And so that's why I'm asking about if I start writing these articles. My experience comes from that and, you know, all things that, are, that make up who I am. But I don't want it to always be taku the migrant. No, taku the migrant. Because that's the, and that is the article you should write. That what? That you I don't, don't want, want to be stop, taku the migrant. Stop now! <laughs> I'm yeah. not just the hey. migrant you saw arrive, you know, yeah. in the news. And yeah. of course, the migrants they see in the news, they're in the news for some reason. Yes. They've drowned so, their children. Yeah. They've gone over to fight for ISIS. They've, yes. You know, that's, that's the migrant story that terrifies people. Yeah. And it's just to say, look, you know, look. Look at me as a person, but I'm sure yeah. you would say it better than that, Tapu. I, yeah, I'm sure you would no say, um, you you would come up with a way of twisting it, and that yeah. that would be such a a great thing because I think to hear, um, and it's going to sound stereotypical, to hear the voices of my my words, but to hear the voices of people that are a part of this community, that's what we yeah. should be hearing, yeah. not about people who have you know hit the news for terrible reasons yeah actually you're right you're right you've just made me look at that article in a different way because they mm. did then write mm. what it was about yes. it is a book uh using mm. humor mm. and cartoons to talk about cultural diversity yes. and not talk about it in a heavy mm. way mm. Yeah. so the article did read well but i just mm. latched onto yeah. the fact that they call me a migrant yes. i'm like i'm not just a migrant yes. damn it now you the know, ones so who do it well are the comedians. There are a lot yeah. of migrant comedians who, yes. well, you know, I shouldn't say that. Then there is a lot of diverse <laughs> comedians, yeah. but, if, but they and they make you laugh because you hear them say things. You know, yeah. I, for instance, a comic. I went to the comedy festival. I can't remember the name of the comedian. I apologise, and he said, you know, my friends grow a beard and they're hipsters. I grow a beard and yeah, I'm a terrorist. terrorist. Yeah, that's true. That's I, so that's true. That's the problem that. Um, it, we need, that's a reason why we need more voice and of course you have to laugh because yeah. it's, it's, it it's true. true it's so true and it's interesting because I think I, I would definitely love to write op-ed in a humorous way like you've done because that is how I see my world yeah. I don't want to get too hot and heavy I feel yeah. as if there are enough people writing from that so space. what I would do just to yes. give you an example of um, uh, you would write Always newspapers are looking for currency. It's, it's got to be something relevant to now that's happening now. But I could take humour into places. Well, well the my first thing is I sold fiction to newspapers because I would write about, at Christmas, I'd pretend I was a six-year-old. Oh. I would, I would, I've been an ape. I've been an old man, I've been a sex goddess, I've been all of these things. <laughs> and because you just start the article saying, oh, it's so great to be six at Christmas. And then you go on and look at it from a six-year-old's point of view. Okay. The only yeah. one that I said my editor ever knocked me back, I think I mentioned to you, was when I wrote as a dog. And the reason <laughs> he knocked back writing as a dog, <laughs> they brought out a, a magazine for dogs. It was literally for dogs. It had dog star signs. It had the paparazzi. So wait, the paper had done it. They had done it, like an insert magazine. I, I, no, the, the, uh, a separate magazine oh. brought out... Uh, a magazine for dogs uh-huh. and it was obviously aimed at dog owners yes. dogs not being known to buy them but it had things like the dog star signs and the dog celebrity dogs and everything you would have in a woman's magazine yeah, recipes for dogs I mean it was so I reviewed it as a dog yeah and, and my editor just no nah. I think he just said no nah. and so I sent back an email going <laughs> 
have a lot of fun, I must say, doing all that sort of thing. And I like that because I feel as if there would definitely be more freedom to push buttons in what I do. Because we've talked about a few yep. different people who look like me, who are in the media right now, I don't want to say names, who are getting a lot of flack for being, you know, they're seen as stirrers, or they're seen as, you know, going across. They're like they're more serious. Well, it's it's and not good news. It's um, not, yeah. It's and I very, don't want to be in that space. People are telling Australians all the time that they're racist, and 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 yeah. let's face it, there are people out there, and there are yeah. idiots too, and yeah. there are all sorts of. You know, I I think that it'd be a perfect world if we could take in immigrants that were good and get rid of yeah. our idiots. Yeah. Post yeah. them off somewhere else that are born here, right? Yeah. Sick of you, you're going off to somewhere. But of yeah. course, that's, that's never going to happen. But yeah. it, it's just the cross-section of humanity. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I don't think people get the message or get any message. Or they don't want to be given messages all the time. Once they can relate to you as a person, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't. And so when you look at... You just mentioned the comedy festival. Mm. This is what fascinates me uh, with stand-up is... You can say the same thing on stage using stand-up um, or comedy or humor that when you take a serious and angry tone to it, complete people just shut down they and do. they get defensive. When I've been on stage and performing about some of my, you know, my blonde friends and we're comparing our hair or whatever, I can say things so freely that is so well received that I kind of go, well, I think this for me personally is where I want to keep going and writing in that way yeah. because. I, I don't get angry like that. I, I love all people. Look at you right now. How different do yes. you look already? Yes. But we can laugh about, you know, common things. And I think that's where the magic is. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, this is why I, I love you. Because all of a sudden, it's like, oh. I well, could, I see I you as a younger man, despite everything <laughs> being so different. Because yeah. we have this same enthusiasm mm-hmm. and we're interested in all sorts of people. And mm-hmm. and it's just so exciting, you know, it's so exciting to be alive. Uh, it, you know, I, when you look at the articles, I'll just take you back to the currency. Yes. So you write a Christmas article at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You write an Easter article at Easter, you know, I'd write about, you know, East, East, I remember that the, you know, the Easter bunny was dead. I remember what I know you can do that sort of thing. Oh, you know that Father Christmas was senile. I think, mm-hmm. and all the strange things that happened, like you know, and this was actually going out and questioning all my friends, and finding out the the present Santa couldn't quite deliver because he he couldn't get these trampoline together on the night. The kids wake oh. up to find. Another one, they were sent two left pedals, and when they were putting the bike together, they couldn't, couldn't work. You can only have one pedal, so the kid woke up to a one pedal bike. <laughs> Santa let me a bike with one pedal. I just love those sort of things. Yeah. But that, so I just collect them, and I remember those stories. I, I can't remember you know things about the financial crisis or anything yeah, but i can remember I the stories uh-huh. I the story i love that i love that because i think that is so refreshing and so needed and so taking taking those kinds of things and twisting them mm. and having fun with them mm. and then like you said because not a lot of people are doing it that have these different kinds of voices then you're more likely to get picked up 
Hmm. Okay, let me see what else I have on my questions about writing actual articles. Uh, actually, when you, when you write your, your piece, is it a good idea to send it to different publications or just pick one and send them quite a few? Well, what would you recommend? In the glory days. Oh, we're back there, children. In the glory days. So I started in the 80s. I started because I realised when I had, I'd, I'd won a competition for writing a book. Mm-hmm. It was about growing up in rural Victoria in, in the 60s. And I wrote it in the 80s, 20 years later. It's now full of ancient Australian vernacular. Mm-hmm. Literally, people said things like, you won't know these words. Bonza, True Blue, Bonza, Fair, yeah. Dinkum, Fair Dinkum, Cocky, Galar, yeah. Drongo, Dag, yeah. um, a Bingle was a car crash. Uh, it just went yeah. on and on. And it was all, all, all that language about growing up in a rural police station. And I remember being interviewed by an academic uh, on a radio station who said, how did you manage to develop such evocative Australian um, uh, colloquialism Oh my gosh, that and sounds I said, so like... Yeah. And, yeah, and I said, because my family spoke like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the hell they spoke. It wasn't made up. I, we just talked like that. Um, so, you know, that was... I've forgotten which... Oh. Where I was going. Oh, okay, then. no, so I was asking about whether or not you should send one article to different oh. publications or oh, focus important. on one and totally, send them a few. Totally changed. Back in, in the olden days, I would send them off to five newspapers and sometimes I got published in four, they each paid you as if you were a separate publication. So I syndicated myself mm-hmm. and I only gave them state rights. You can't do that anymore because they go online. Oh, so true. you can only send it to one. And when you do send it, make that clear. Do two things and this will be of great help. One is tell them they have the, uh, I'd give them world rights now, world rights, but you put first. And if well, they knock you back, Wait, well, so that means they so that have the world rights first. To publish it first. You can publish it somewhere oh, else I second. See. So you might want that. But if they do publish it, you'll be happy anyway. Yes. And online. Mm-hmm. So you can give them that range. And the other thing is you give them a deadline. Oh. So you say, um, uh, rights, offered, right, rights expire and give them a date. That means then you just go off and send it to someone else. Otherwise, you're hanging, waiting forever. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes, because you, you really need to have a midnight clause on, on that. Even mm-hmm. if you, they haven't asked for the article, half the time they will not even respond. Okay. Oh, more than half the time. Yeah, more than I, I, I would imagine so. Uh, so, you know, once they know, of course, everything changes. But just to get in the door, mm-hmm. that's the sort of strategy you need. So, you know, you don't give them more than maybe a week or two. Okay. And and who do you send it to? Well, you... Or how would that... Well, you try and find the editor, mm-hmm. and they do have this information, but not online anymore. They used to. Well, some, some newspapers do, but mostly if you looked at Australian newspapers, Fairfax um, or News Limited, uh, they don't have the editors in there. They've just got... Uh, marketing and and generic things so but you can find them in the hard copy ironically under often the editorial which is funny isn't it but what you want to do is you send it to the actual segment of the newspaper you're aiming at not to the not to the editor the editor the the editor-in-chief is more a corporate guy the the um 
assistant editor does more of the hands-on editing. Right. But each section has usually an editor. Okay, so for example, if you're writing an article about kids stuff, you'd send it to the kids yes, section that's exactly. or the kids editor person. Yes. Or if you had a book, you'd send it to the book. A literary editor, literary as they're called. Editor. Literary editor. Oh, literary editor. Yes. All right. Oh, that's, that's really useful, and I hope it's useful to you guys listening. And what about... Um, payment do they pay you should you expect payment what yeah how does that it is hard to know now because what's happened in op-ed opinion editorial is it is full of academics politicians retired politicians and um celebrities sometimes lobby groups okay lobby groups so they they will want to do it for free Mm -hmm. i mean there used to be the union saying you have to pay but that is all sort of dribbled away with you know adversarials and all sorts of uh, different types that matched up. So it's all sort of filtered away. Um, Retired politicians will want to be paid. Current politicians don't care because they're already being paid, you know. That's interesting. Wait, so retired politicians would want to be paid? Oh, well, why would they write it otherwise? They're not not looking for votes. Yeah, true. Wouldn't they just write it out of the goodness of their heart? And even as I'm saying that, that sounds not real. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so they, they yeah. would be paid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how much is another issue. So yeah. that is really one of those crumbling issues that you really can't quite get your hand on. Mm-hmm. And I think also if you're writing op-ed pieces, I know for me, I'm not doing it to get paid. Yeah. It's more just to get yes. the stories yes. out. Well, so that's you know, kind the of Huffington the... Post paid no one except their staff members that did the editing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she sold it. Arena mm-hmm. for is that a name? Or I don't know. No, um, oh, it's gonna be yeah, all right. Wait, yes. shall we Google it? Yeah, good idea. No, we'll Google it after those. Yes, you know who I mean. But yes, but she sold it for hundreds of millions okay. of dollars. Now, how unfair is that? Well, I don't know. People wanted to, yeah, but just change the it shows you the changing relationship between those who want to be published, yes, and the publisher. So what about, you hear this quite a lot, that people will write their own blog articles yes. and then sometimes get picked up. Yes. So is there a way, would you apply the same tactics to writing your blog articles and then just pitching those as well? well? I would that think, sense? I would think a professional newspaper as opposed to someone else's blog mm-hmm. would ask for the rights to publish it. Okay, yes. Because if it's going into a commercial concern, that's why you can almost scavenge all sorts of things for your own blog mm-hmm. because it's non-commercial and as long as you reference it you're fairly safe and if you do parody you're totally safe uh, so that that's how but once you start making money copyright becomes an issue mm-hmm. so they have to they would have to approach you to take your article off your blog oh i see and then you can have a little bit of a negotiation then can't you yes Oh, what? this is so, so fascinating. So I was picked up um, quite often by other newspapers who published it and just assumed I was a staff writer. And so then oh. I, if I found out, because of course I wouldn't know if there was one published in Queensland, then I'd, I'd contact them and say, um, this Excuse is how much. Me? <laughs> well, and it's already gone. So it's already gone and they have to pay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, that worked quite well. <laughs> okay, you're amazing. Well, it's all, it's all because I've been doing it for 30 years, so you've got, you're bound to have some experience along, along the way. 
Okay, I think I'm out of my questions, but can you think of anything else that would be useful for, say, a newbie who does want to write stories for the papers or opinion editorial pieces? Why am I speaking like this? But anyways, um, yeah, op-ed pieces, commentary, even letters to the editor, you see them quite a bit. Yes. You know, what, what kind of last tips might you have for someone who wants to do that? Well, the worst thing is waffle. So mm -hmm. what you want to be able to do is get that idea. So you're selling an idea and you want to get it into one sentence first. Even if it's not the opener, just get that idea into one sentence. And if you can do that, then you can write the piece. So then let's say you say your one sentence, is that now split in two to become your first opening line and your ending line? Well, like you've mentioned? to do the example, um, it would be Christmas, I'm a six-year-old. And so the, that's it. Um, Christmas seems a six-year-old. You mightn't even put that in the article, but that is the idea you are selling. So you hang uh, that on a hook okay. above your head, right? You know, yes. there it is, imaginary hook mm -hmm. above your head on the computer, and then you start. Then, well, I would jump down and say. Oh, it's Christmas is so wonderful when you're six years old because, like, you get so much stuff, like stuff, everything. Aunties <laughs> give you stuff. People give you stuff. You just have to walk around being six. That's all you have to do. People give you stuff down the street. Santa goes. Oh, there's a very skinny Santa though. He needs more food, so I'll put some food out because down at the shops he was just. Oh, he was very, very skinny. He was not very... Oh, he was sad. And then, But I did ask him, where is his reindeers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the kids are, so there it is. And then you, you, you might end... I can't remember what the sting was. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, but it could even be, but I'm not six. Oh, oh I'm, I'm six sad. Years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, no, that makes sense. I, I really like that, even writing in different voices, but parodying or oh, I'd write in different languages. One yeah. article that I wrote, which was would be I earned the most money for a thousand words. I earned ten thousand dollars. Are you serious? No. And of course this is Australia. It was on backyard cricket. Well what happened was I it went in a couple a few newspapers, so I got paid then. But then the ABC picked it up, put it on a show called Australia All Over. Um, it was read out on the show. They put it on a CD, which sells oh, like really? 80,000, 90,000 copies. And they said, you can have the, all, the, all the royalties for that, that's which a, was very kind. Yeah, that is kind. I know, so like, what did you write? What was, was it? Back Just it, was about a, it was called, was when, it was a letter to Alan Border, it was called. Oh, saying, okay, yes. you know, and I was a boy yeah. who, was, who was 10 years old. And his team was made up of his friend, I don't know, it was or something down the street who, who had the wickets and he had the bat and they had his French poodle mm -hmm. in the team and his little sister and no one would behave. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. So and everyone just... was straight. It was funny. It was funny. So and he was, you know, and, and dear Mr. Border, you know those things you have, boys have to wear like, that's a box. So does, <laughs> does, does yours slip out when you're playing? Do you have to hold it and run? <laughs> And do they come um, in different sizes? Oh, okay. I love that. Uh, so just just for context, just so I remember, I know Alan Border was like, wasn't he a famous cricket player? He was a captain at the time, so it was okay. a few years ago. That's Okay, that's just for context for people yeah, who yes. might be listening from somewhere else. So mm -hmm. Alan Border was a big, famous um, Australian yeah 
cricket player. So you wrote a letter as a 10-year-old to this Australian yes. cricket icon yes. at a time mm. when he was around mm. and then it got picked up and then... And it was performed. I know happened. it was performed wow. in different shows by people. Um, but to get that right, I had to go out and look at cricket books to find out even cricket terms, you know, yes. and just, but it was also based on the fact that I was, when I was a little kid, we played cricket in the backyard and there were all sorts of rules like, you know, six is, uh, <laughs> over the six is, uh, no, over the fence is out and six is on the roof and, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and if you break the window, you run like hell, you know, yeah, <laughs> that true. sort of thing. You know, true, so ten runs for a broken window. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh no, this is brilliant. You've, you've given me lots of ideas even just this chat. Uh, and I think that's all the questions I have. Those are all the questions I have about this segment. And yeah, thank you so much. And what I was going to say is, where do people find you? So oh, if they so, have questions uh, about it, if they want to go directly oh, to you, you can your go, website. Yes, what, in, you can get my contact details on Kerry Q, spelled C or K-E-R-R-Y-C-U-E, or Maths Pig. I run the Maths blog. Um, they're the best ways to go about it. And I, I often answer, oh, I do answer people's questions because I like to help with them. And it's such yeah, fun. It is fun. Right. And your thing is you're just so the, passionate about it. It's oh. just blowing my mind right now yeah. because, yeah, you're amazing. Okay, sorry, I cut you off. You were saying. Well, no, I, 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 just, I was just basking in the glory. Don't have to, <laughs> don't have to stop talking. No. Uh, okay, guys. Well, you have been listening to Two Words with Taku and Kerry Q. I will put her contact details on the description of the episode. But if you would like to follow my writing adventures and more of these podcast episodes, you can find them at taku.com.au. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Just look for Taku Speaks and Taku TV. Okay, well, thanks for listening. And we're going to have lots more episodes coming up soon. Bye. Bye.